Blaze Radio Network. And now, Chewing the Fat with Jeff Fisher. So how would you feel if you jumped nine stories from a building and lived? I know. I thought, wow, I don't know. So a guy in New Jersey fell from a nine-story building, landed on top of a BMW, and survived. Okay. Now, the pictures, and there are photographs of him on top of the car, the Beamer, and on the street after he crawled off the car. Apparently, one of the witnesses said that uh, they couldn't believe it. They heard a large big boom. I didn't think it was a person. The back window of the car just busted out. Then the guy jumped up and started screaming. His arm was all twisted. And I was like, oh, my God. It was like in a movie. So, I mean, this guy was on his way to McDonald's, and he sees it all happen and lived it. Now, one of the ladies saw it and called 911, and she was the one that took all the pictures of the guy, too. And he was still, you know, they had still had a face mask strapped to his ear. Maybe that's what saved him. One onlooker said he kind of pushed himself up after he hit the roof of the car. The car is obviously smashed. I mean, <laughs> a human body hits the top of a car from nine stories up. It leaves quite a dent. He stood up and asked, what happened? So I don't know if he was, you know, on drugs, if he was trying to kill himself and obviously didn't. He was, you know taken to the hospital with critical condition. The police claim that this was uh, not suspicious circumstances. Really? It's not suspicious circumstances? Okay. I mean, I guess we're sure that nobody pushed him off. So he either tripped and fell or wanted to jump and obviously didn't finish the job. So that's pretty huge, man. That's a long nine stories. Uh, that's a, the mask either saved him or man, that's good news for a Beamer. It's a good ad. We can, t- we can take a fall from nine stories. You're not driving the car anymore, although your life is saved. So it, you know, bars well for the crash of the Beamer. So they shut everything down and, you know, obviously they got everybody's uh, statements and the guy, you know, nine stories. Incredible. Remember we talked about the guy in San Diego that jumped off the parking garage and landed on the lady that was out for a stroll with her boyfriend. Uh, They both did not survive. And there was a little boy that fell from a nine story building, or at least he fell nine stories from his family's apartment. And he did not live. He lived for a little while after he fell, but he did not make it much longer after that. This guy that fell the nine stories, uh, he's refused to give cops his name. He wasn't being cooperative. I mean, so what do you do to the guy? If it's not suspicious circumstances, I mean, I guess you have to put him under some kind of mental help because he apparently maybe tried to kill himself. But if he, if he wasn't being cooperative, he either did attempt to kill himself. And now he's got to, you know, live with that. Or he was helped off the building. And that is why you're not being cooperative. 
Because, <laughs> uh, no, you do not want to tell on the guy that threw you off the building. Sorry, no. But, wow, that would be uh, either way. Whether you did it on purpose or you got thrown off, it was not your time to go. I mean, proof positive. When it's your time, it's your time. When it's not your time, it's not your time. That you can quote me on. Welcome to Fat Pile Friday and Chewing the Fat. So if you're going to be looking for a gig or have children and you're planning on letting them go to college, um, bank rate, bank rate ranked 159 college majors and weighed several factors, including median annual income, unemployment rate, career paths that don't demand schooling beyond a bachelor's degree. And the company looked at the most recent data available from the U.S. Census, and they've got uh, the list of what you should go into. The top five? What do you want? Do you want the top five or the bottom five first? We'll give you the bottom five first. Visual and performing arts, miscellaneous fine arts, drama and theater arts, composition and speech, clinical psychology. I would say that those actually, if you are lucky enough to use that to your benefit, that would be the top ones. I mean, drama and theater arts, those are the people making uh, an awful lot of money, but you got to be awful lucky in that thing. So you can quote me on that. Uh, you have to be awful lucky in that thing. The top five coming in at number five, uh, transportation sciences and technologies, aerospace engineering. Yeah. I mean, we're going to have, uh, we already do have some theme park space rides and there'll be more of that coming computer engineering, construction services, I'm not real sure why construction services would be on there. Those jobs are going away. I mean, we're looking at builders waiting for goods because of, you know, the global supply chain disruptions. So, I mean, they're looking for alternative substitutes for their supplies and suppliers. Just incredible. That may go off the list soon. Architectural engineering. Architectural engineering, it's always a good gig. And that those are all, according to bank rate, you know, $100,000 median annual income right in that neck of the woods between, you know, 90 and 100,000. So there you go. If you are looking for something to go into or something to have your children go into, those are the, uh, the top five according to bank rate. So, you know, I was reading a story today about the government issuing warrants for Google to provide user data on anyone typing in certain search terms. Wait, what? I mean, we've talked about the civil asset forfeiture going on all over the country. We talked the other day about the shooting at the train station, the train stop in Tucson, where they were doing a routine, that's what they called it, a routine stop search for illegal weapons and cash and drugs. Just really strange. And then now we find out that the government is asking for Google, on issuing warrants, so they're getting a judge to do it, 
to provide user data on anyone typing in certain search terms. I could be in trouble. (laughs) I mean, it's bad enough that when I talk about stuff, you know, you say, is your phone listening? That's absolutely listening, right? I mean, we get ads for stuff we talk about all the time. And the thought process behind it is, you know, good, right? I mean, I joke around all the time about, well, thank you, because I was looking for a pair of shoes. Let me see all the ads for new shoes. But really, it's, you know, kind of agonizing that the, you know, the companies are listening to you. And so, you know, when you, I mean, I immediately, when I get done on the show every day, when I'm done putting it together, I know that what I talked about that day, there are going to be things coming up on my, in my search engine related to what I talked about. So I, if I'm looking for, uh, talking about a different murder or whatever crime, and I'm searching for it, if that's part of the warrant for Google to give to the government for federal investigators in an attempt under the guise to track down criminals, uh, that's a new standard of, oh, I wasn't doing anything wrong. They can't do anything to me. Um, yeah, I could be thinking about it. That's thought crime, right? I'm thinking about doing a crime, so I type in things. You know, it's one thing to use these uh, warrants after you've committed a crime and they can actually to prove your guilt because remember, we're all innocent until proven guilty. (laughs) Uh, I know that's such an antiquated term. That doesn't even mean anything anymore. Um, But so they look at your search engine and they say, yeah, you looked all this up and that, you know, of course, that would lead you to, you know, down the the line of your guilt. But to use keyword search warrants, keyword warrants, just to go fishing? Wow. Uh, no. And apparently, according to this, Google has responded to thousands of warrant orders. Uh, it's glad they're not fighting it for the people. No, they're just following it. Uh, the keyword warrants are a relatively new strategy used by the government and you know they're saying in this article that they're controversial really because that sounds like they're using the keyword search warrants and then we had the story not long ago about the gps warrants where they issue warrants to the cell phone companies to give all users in a particular area who was in that area at the time of the crime. So if I was just passing by in that area, I could, you know, come knocking on my door. Well, if you didn't do anything, so what Jeff, um, I get to go places without you knowing and having to explain to you why I'm there. And what's good about this is these warrants are done in secret. The police are just doing it in secret. So they don't have to answer to anybody about it. I mean, now we're getting news about it. So hopefully it's starting to come out into the open now. So we all know about their search, search warrants. And Google, of course, has defended its decision to respond to the warrants, said it protects users when doing so. 
Really? Yeah. As with all law enforcement requests, we have a rigorous process that is designed to protect the privacy of our users while supporting the important work of law enforcement. I'd like to know how that is done when you have to provide law enforcement because of the warrants, people's names and information that you have on them when you're asking for this keyword warrant. I, I, I don't know how Google is uh, protecting the privacy of those users while they're supporting the important work of law enforcement. I just don't know how that's happening. And really, privacy is a lost art. Uh, I guess it's a good, I guess it's an art. If you want privacy, you can have it. If you go out into the woods and cut yourself off from everything, I mean, we know everything has been hacked, or it certainly feels like everything. Facebook has been hacked for millions of users. Uh, Twitch just got hacked. Uh, Twitch, uh, you know, obviously owned by Amazon. Uh, Amazon bought them for about a billion dollars in 2014, but uh, they were just hacked. And I don't know how, apparently it was 125 gigabytes of data in the breach. Oh, okay. So we know that from a 4chan post, according to what 4chan said, uh, they said they wanted to foster more disruption and competition in the online video streaming world. Oh, okay. And uh, called the Twitch community a disgusting, toxic cesspool. Oh, okay. So if you're a part of the disgusting, toxic cesspool, I'm not sure if that means, uh, you know, your information is going to get out there. I'm sure that it is. But they, you know, details on payments to content creators and unreleased product from Amazon Game Studios. Uh, That's all out there. So, I mean, that whole privacy thing. <laughs> oh, man. I mean, you do your best. You update your passwords, especially your Wi-Fi passwords, plus your passwords to all your accounts. You update those passwords. So at least you're getting some kind of firewall up against people getting your information. Uh, ExpressVPN, while this is not an all-out commercial for them, they are a sponsor of Chewing the Fat. And if you go to expressvpn.com uh, slash Jeffy, It'll get you an extra three months free with a 12-month plan. But I'm just saying that we have have to do your best to keep your information as safe as possible. And just so we're clear, the expressvpn.com slash Jeffy is for a limited time only. So if you're listening live today on the 8th of October, 2021, uh, I'm sure, I'm absolutely sure that it will work. But any time after that, uh, I do not know when that limited time is going to end. So if you want to, you know, get your uh, online privacy protected with ExpressVPN, I would do it right now. ExpressVPN.com slash Jeffy. Hey, welcome to Fat Pile Friday. <laughs> Let's go to the break room. I need something cold to drink desperately. Oh. oh my gosh. So good. So if you've uh, been looking for the uh, R. Kelly videos uh, up on YouTube, they're gone. 
uh, YouTube removed uh, all the R. Kelly official channels after his conviction. So you won't, uh, you won't be able to see those anymore. <laughs> now his catalog is still available on Spotify and Apple music and Amazon music. I, I don't see why you would take those down, but I guess in today's world, if you've done something bad somewhere, you can't be promoted on any of the social media sites. Heaven forbid. Can't have that. Oh, Jeff, he's a dirt bag. You know that? He was found guilty of racketeering. The, the testimony was disgusting. He was recruiting women and teenagers for sex. Yeah, I know. I know. But does that mean that all the talent that he had and used for our enjoyment has to go away too? Yes, Jeff, it does. Okay, fine. Then so be it. Congratulations to Tina Turner. She sells music rights for a reported $50 million. I don't know that Tina needed the money, but apparently the deal sees uh, BMG acquiring the rights to Turner's name, image, and likeness for future sponsorship and merchandising deals. Turner is 81 years old now, so she's probably, uh, she's had enough. She doesn't want to worry about it. She said she's confident her music is in reliable hands. So, I mean, if it's good enough for Tina, it's good enough for me. And, you know, an extra $50 million we all could use. <laughs> oh, and uh, hey, don't forget, uh, Saturday Night Live is back up and running. I forgot as well last week but it was the premiere show and it was the lowest rated episode in the show's history so not sure what to make of that maybe uh start being funny again <laughs> although i i read a story that they were in trouble because they did a bit about dog right i think that was the bit that they did about dog the bounty hunter and the search for laundry and if they're doing that, then at least they're picking some topical stories to try to be funny about. I didn't see the bit, so I don't know. But I just figure if you're getting in trouble for a bit, that tends to bode well for what you're picking on and how you're making comedy. So it might not have been funny, but at least they're picking things that are worth making fun of rather than, I mean, Trump's gone. So you got that issue. Just be funny. Just be funny. That's all. That's my that's my professional tip to Saturday Night Live. Just be funny. You'd think after 46 seasons. Wow, this was the 47th season. Whew, you'd think that after 46 seasons, they would know that. But I don't think they do. So I just want to point it out to them. Just be funny. I got to remind myself it's Fat Pile Friday, so there's plenty of fat for sure. Uh, the endangered Sumatran tiger that died at the Washington Zoo. Sad that it died at the zoo, but you know I know that it's an endangered Sumatran or Sumatran tiger, and I know that it died at the zoo, and it's a female, and it was sad. But the reason that it died is kind of dumb. Uh, they put it in the cage with another tiger and the other tiger, uh, beat the crap out of it and killed it. <laughs> Maybe you ought to not done that. Uh, 
Well, this level of aggression was far beyond what we would expect with Tiger introductions. Yeah, you think? So apparently the zoo introduced uh, them by keeping them in separate areas separated by a mesh door so they were able to see and smell each other and develop familiarity. So once both tigers apparently showed signs they were comfortable with each other, the keeper said, hey, okay, let's pair them up and see if they'll take care of a little Sumatran tiger business. And so they did, and then, uh, knew. (laughs) They quickly separated the two tigers and addressed her injuries, but there was no getting better from those injuries. Very, I mean, it's sad. You know, she died from substantial trauma. (laughs) Uh, It's not fun. I'm not laughing. Yeah, well, I am laughing because, you know, no one supports zoos more than this show. This show supports zoos like no other show. I love zoos. I'm, I'm happy to talk about the animals. There's an estimated 400 Sumatran tigers left in the wild on the Indonesian island of Sumatra, according to the zoo. And 77 of the endangered animals are residing in North American zoos. So we're trying to keep them alive. We're doing our best. And the two-year-old male, Raja, I guess the zoo keepers were thinking, hey, we're giving Raja a six-year-old female, an older female. So, you know, and we get the older female looking at the younger male. The younger male is looking at the older female. The zoo is thinking, hey, well, you know, both will be pretty happy about the situation. But Raja was having no part of the old tiger. (laughs) As soon as they dropped the mesh, man, Raja was like, I knew I want nothing to do with you. Okay. Get your old six-year-old Sumatran tiger ass out of here. Could the tiger talk? That would actually be a quote from the tiger. Did you see uh, where they have found three-eyed dinosaur shrimp after the Arizona monsoon? So following a torrential summer downpour in northern Arizona, hundreds of bizarre prehistoric-looking critters emerged from tiny eggs and began swimming around in a temporary lake on the desert landscape. Uh, okay. They were tadpole-sized creatures, and they're calling them triops. They look like little mini horseshoe crabs with three eyes. Their eggs apparently can lie dormant for decades in the desert until enough rainfall falls to create lakes that provide, you know, a place for them to survive and to hatch. And they hatch and then they mature and they lay more eggs and then they dry out in the desert and wait for more rain to come come to hatch again. I guess that's the way mother nature and earth has it. We're not sure what the triops do for the planet, but they are strange looking beings and they've got to be on the earth for some reason. Let's just leave them alone and let them be out there in the desert and let them be. Let the triops alone, okay? Quit trying to figure out what they're doing out there. Because then you get people bringing animals home and trying to live with them. Well, I, you can see the, where the uh, being, he's portrayed as the social media star, Matt Matthews. He's a photographer. He apparently has been in love with his possum. And by in love, I mean as as a pet, not as a lover, because he does 
have a husband. So I guess he's spent years rehabilitating this possum and other possums, and he's been a huge animal advocate, and he has horses and dogs and cats and his baby possum named Donovan. And now Donovan was taken by the state on Friday. doesn't say why. And he's really upset because he doesn't know if he's alive. Apparently, he was at work, uh, his photography studio. He got a call from Hubby and said uh, there are four game wardens from Alabama Department of Conservation and Natural Resources, Wildlife and Freshwater Fishers. I'm sure that's what he said. <laughs> he didn't say that these guys are here to take your possum. He said, hey, honey. There are four game wardens from the Alabama Department of Conservation and Natural Resources, Wildlife and Freshwater Fisheries Division here. <laughs> uh, three vehicles blocking the driveways, and they had a search warrant, and they're coming in, and they took the possum, and they don't know why, and we don't know why, but and they did not respond to any request for what's going on. But Matthews is really upset, and he wants to know, what about the people who are poaching and killing endangered animals? What about the people who are fighting dogs and chickens? What about the people who are starving horses? Yeah. What about them? Okay. What about the zookeepers that are putting tigers together and letting them fight to the death? What about those? I love my possum. So I guess it's illegal to keep possums in Alabama. They're a wild animal and you're not supposed to keep them. Oh. Okay, so he's been rehabilitating the possums for a long time, but he's not a licensed wildlife rehabilitation official. <laughs> a license, which he said the state makes nearly impossible to receive, which means he's tried to receive it. So he knows that it's illegal to keep the possum. So we don't, <laughs> so we're just going to send in, this guy has taken care of him, and we're just going to send in the Four game wardens from the Alabama Department of Conservation and Natural Resources, Wildlife and Freshwater Fisheries Division and take the possum and have a warrant to take the possum. I mean, it's clear that the guy loves this stupid possum. And it's a, it's a little sad, actually. He's got pictures of him. And, you know, I guess it's okay. Whatever. If you love the animal, you love the animal, right? Right. If you love the animal, you love the animal. You can't help what you love or who i mean that's clear if we've learned anything uh, throughout the many episodes of chewing the fat if we've learned anything at all you can't help what or who you love that's just a fact you can't help who or what you love and that is a chewing the fat quote So if you have a shooting range in your neighborhood, what's the number one thing you want? Right. You would like safe conditions. <laughs> you don't want to know about errant bullets flying around. You would like to have safety conscious shooting practices. And that's something that wasn't happening at this uh, shooting range in Michigan. So they shut it down and they're not going to reopen until uh, they have uh, full assurance that it's going to be safe. 
apparently they were getting reports of what the what they're being called as an expanded target shooting activities <laughs> uh that would be unsafe uh unsafe conditions in the vicinity so they've just shut it down that would not be fun hey i'm not sure that i would be too happy about a shooting range you know next door but at least you'd figure that most people are going to try to be safe right safety conscious but even so you still don't hit the target every time do you i mean if you depends on how far away it is oh man darn it and if you're in the shooting i mean if if it were me and i was at the shooting range and you could see let's say i don't know a fireplace smokestack sticking out of a house you may try to hit it from time to time just for the fun of it but it wouldn't be fun and so i would never do it i would think about it i might search about it on google and then have the police come and ask me about it but i would never actually do it because i know that that's someone else's property and someone else's home and you could actually hurt somebody so you know if you're living near the uh, North Pioneer Road shooting area in Benzie County, Michigan. I'm holding up my hand now, and you can see Benzie County is right there. Um, You know that it's closed now for at least 90 days, and uh, you should be happy that it's going to be closed. And the Michigan Department of Natural Resources said, we're not going to reopen this bad boy until we know it's safe for the surrounding community. So that's good. But I would say that if you live next to a shooting range, Heads up or down, depending on how you look at it. So yesterday we mentioned Sage Steele being pulled off the air on ESPN for her vaccine mandate comments on the uh, Jay Cutler podcast. But really on that same podcast is where she kind of took a swipe at Obama too. She mentioned that uh, she chose to identify as both black and white And, you know, her parents were both black and white, and she found it fascinating that former President Barack Obama, who is biracial, identifies as black, though his black dad was nowhere to be found when he was growing up. Huh. Isn't that interesting? That has been brought up before somewhere on a network that I'm trying to remember what that network is. Oh, that's right. The Blaze. Uh, Steele said she was asked to identify either as black or white on e- at ESPN. And she said, no, she said she identifies as both black and white. And as I'm like, well, congratulations to the president. That's his thing. And she said that uh, that's not my thing. And then that same interview, she talked about how she rejected requests from aspiring female sports reporters who present themselves in what she sees as an overly sexualized manner. When you dress like that, I'm not saying you deserve the gross comments, but you know what you're doing when you're putting that outfit on. Like women are smart, so don't play coy and put it all on the guys. Wow. And that's the same interview with Cutler that she went after the vaccine saying that she didn't want to take it, but she did because she wanted her job and respected everyone's decision. But to mandate it is sick, and it's scary to me in many ways. So, But she ended up getting it. So we talked about it yesterday. It doesn't matter now 
whether you wanted to or not, you better say you wanted to get it, but it was mandated. You're telling me I have to get it. Yes. And you better like it. Oh, okay. So, I mean, that was a pretty interesting interview on the old Jay Cutler podcast. (laughs) So maybe it wasn't just the vaccine comments that made ESPN go, ooh, Sage, maybe you ought to take a few days off. And we can keep it on sports for a little bit. I see where uh, Urban Meyer is uh, in a little bit of hot water over there in Jacksonville. He uh, even had the owner step up and say, uh, Urban's uh, inexcusable partying with mystery woman. Oh, okay. So he was filmed, Urban was filmed with some female uh, you know, rubbing up against him, giving him a little lap dance at a bar as he was sitting on the bar stool, um, which would be fine if it was his wife. It wasn't. So now he had to apologize to his wife. He apologized to the team. I don't know that that was that big a deal with the players. I mean, the players are just probably saying that because Khan, the owner, is, uh, you know, on Urban's butt and saying that he's going to have to, you know, make up for it. Well, maybe he wins a few games down there in Jacksonville, and maybe that'll make up for it, okay? (laughs) I know there were multiple women in that video with Urban. He's probably more worried about the wife than he is uh, anyone else. So, (laughs) I don't know. Uh, You know, he's apologized, and uh, the owner said, I believe he's sincere, but now he must uh, regain our trust and respect. Oh. Okay. Getting a lap dance from a girl at a bar or just having her rub up against you. That's a problem for you. Not the four losses that you've got going on down there in Jacksonville. Okay. Whatever you say, Mr. Khan. I see where 18 former NBA players are being charged with conspiracy to commit health care fraud and wire fraud as part of what prosecutors called a widespread scheme to defraud the NBA health care benefit plan. They allegedly submitted false or fraudulent claims, totaling nearly $4 million, in which the ex-players took in about $2.5 million of that $4 million. Wow. So uh, the records submitted by the ex-players described medical and dental services that were not, in fact, provided. The fraudulent invoices were created by a chiropractic office in Encino, California, two dentist offices in Beverly Hills, and a wellness office in Washington State. <laughs> okay. So it was a it was a good deal. They were just saying you say you get the work, we'll get the cash and we'll split the cash. Nice. But not nice now cuz they're in big trouble for that. And I see where uh, a former NBA player, Lazar Hayward, was arrested in Hawaii for fake COVID-19 test results. You know, this is getting a little old in Hawaii, but I don't know how else you end up getting to go to Hawaii. Maybe they don't want anybody there anymore. So he was arrested for, and, and two other Californians as well with him, were arrested for submitting fake COVID-19 test results to the state of Hawaii in an attempt to avoid a quarantine for travelers entering the state. Okay, so they uploaded the falsified negative test results into the Hawaii Safe Travels portal. All right, so then because travelers have to 
travelers to the state have to submit either COVID vaccination proof or a recent negative test. And so apparently Hayward and Randall used fake ones that were flagged by screeners. So when they arrived in Hawaii, they were met by the police and state officials and they were arrested. Then they were released and they immediately boarded a plane back to Los Angeles. So I don't understand. I mean, it's so terrible, but we're going to allow them to fly on the plane back and forth, but you can't be here. I mean, holy cow. Do you have your papers to get into the state? State to state travel, you have to have your papers. It's a it's a bad place. It's a bad place we're in. And you're going to have to have your papers to go into businesses and whatever in different cities and states and now travel state to state. <sighs> Very frustrating. I mean, safe. Safe and good. So tomorrow, for those of you listening live here on Friday, the 8th of August, 2021, is the Mercury One 10-year anniversary. Wow, it's just really incredible that it's been 10 years since Mercury One has started. And you can obviously go to the event if you'd like. Uh, but you don't have to, but you can participate in uh, buying goods. Like, I don't know, you can join the raffle and try to win the new Lexus for a hundred bucks. You get a chance at a new 40, I think it's like a $40,000 Lexus. That's not a bad deal. And it's a really nice Lexus too, as well. It's the new Lexus UX, <laughs> the Lexus UX. Uh, it's pretty sweet though. And it's worth a hundred bucks. You can buy more than one ticket. For, you know, to up the odds of you actually winning the car. Anyway, it's going to take place at the Toyota Music Factory in Las Colinas, Texas. That's actually Irving, Texas. The power of one. Renewing kindness is going to happen. 10-year anniversary of Mercury One. And this event is what pays everyone's salaries. And there's going to be uh, an auction of goods and services. That takes place, and that's where we raise more money, and that's what pays the bills for Mercury One. So that during the year, when you donate to Mercury One for whatever disaster you're donating to help those people out with, that Mercury One is on the ground helping, all of that money goes to helping those people. And we can do that because of this night that we have every year to raise money and pay the bills. So Mercury One, the power of one, renewing kindness is tomorrow. Saturday the 9th of October in Irving, Texas at the Toyota Music Factory. If you can come and be with us, I'd love to see you. Uh, if not, just go to uh, mercuryone.org and you'll click on the link for the power of one. And uh, that'd be, be great to see you or thank you for donating and participating. All right, so a few headlines to uh, let you in on. We've got the GM predicting its cruise uh, autonomous vehicle unit will reach $50 billion in revenue. All right, good luck with that. (laughs) Uh, The U.S. said it's going to reopen trade talks with China, but won't lift tariffs imposed by the Trump administration. What? You're going to keep something in place that Donald Trump did? What? I won't hear of it. Uh, NFT sales 
jumped to $10.7 billion in quarter three, up more than eight times compared with the previous quarter. That's incredible. Oh, I've got to start. I've got to create some NFT stuff for Jeff Fisher and chewing the fat. Man, if <laughs> if sales are going through the roof like that, that has got to happen. And I see where the California oil spill that took place. Uh, first, we talked about how it was probably because the lack of maintenance on uh, the pipeline. But we find out that it was caused by an anchor that hooked the pipeline, causing a partial tear, and it was drugged for dragged for about 100 feet. Uh, I got to stop saying it wasn't drugged. It was dragged, and it wasn't drug. It was dragged. Okay, got it. And it uh, it was dragged more than 100 feet, which caused this, you know, the pipeline to leak, and now they're, you know, trying to take care of, obviously, uh, you know, the oil washing into the shore, and it's never pretty. When, uh, when that happened and they're saying that it's believed to have dumped about 127,000 gallons of oil into the ocean and it closed a number of beaches, but don't worry, mother nature will take care of it and it'll be okay. Once we take care of the little animals and all the sand that got a little oiled up, a little gooed up, a little dish soap out there, if we could get the dish soap, but it's funny how we have this backed up port and, you know, I don't know if it, I don't know if we can ever prove, you know, which ship it was. I'm probably sure we can with, you know, some satellite photos and stuff. It'll be interesting to see if we do and what happens when we find out that it was a particular ship and what was on it. So just be fascinating to, uh, to find out and don't worry, that investigation will take place. And there was a pop-up art show of Hunter Biden's artwork in LA. Of course, you know, I know that the sale is going to happen in New York, but of course he wanted to share it with his California friends. So they had a big pop-up event in Hollywood and Hunter uh, showed his work in the big white room at Milk Studios, usually a site for photo or video shoots. A couple hundred people showed up to experience the art of Hunter Biden. It was really not the art of Hunter Biden. I mean, it was a recreation. They had animated projection displayed of all the paintings. Oh, it's easier than transporting the artwork. And the pictures, or I'm sorry, the animated reproduction display uh, showed his artwork. And it was really, really good. I'm sure that it's going to make hundreds of thousands of dollars. I'm sure it has nothing to do with money laundering or hiding assets or facilitating any under the table transactions. <laughs> Stop all that, silly. I know everybody made a big deal about all the pictures of the people that were at the party for not wearing masks, but you know, for sure, uh, Garcetti was there, the mayor of LA, and he wore his mask the entire time. There was plenty of security because <laughs> we couldn't have anybody show up and say bad things or do nasty, stupid hollering at, uh, at Hunter for his showing. So it just, it was a wonderful time. Always had all, all, all had a wonderful time in Hollywood, taking a look at Hunter's great artwork at the pop-up art show. No word if Hunter just rented a place for the weekend and uh, just hung out with some friends and uh, smoked a little crack, or if he went back home. 
with the wife and the baby. I, I don't, uh, I don't know that what happened after, but any of these stories makes me think about uh, the movie, my son Hunter. If you want to invest and try to get that movie made and help get that movie made, you can go to my son, Hunter and take care of it. We have to talk to Phelan Mackler soon. I know they have a, a director and they have an actor who's playing Hunter now and things are coming together nicely. So we're going to get this thing made and it's going to be an awesome movie about Hunter, Hunter Biden. My son Hunter is the name of the movie. My son Hunter movie.com is where you can go to invest and help get that movie made. So the billions of dollars in federal pandemic relief that Congress sent to schools this year uh, is being used, but some of it is being used to cover some athletic projects, and that makes several people upset. They're talking about uh, several top Democrats on uh, the U.S. House Education Committee said the money shouldn't be used to fund athletics at the expense of academics. It was meant to help students it's not sports programs. Well, sports programs does actually help students. Uh, I know that uh, you're a little wound up that it's not specifically going to buy books, but every dollar of the pandemic relief uh, that's spent at the schools is helping the students, right? No, 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 I'm sorry, it's not. They need to expand tutoring and reduce class sizes and take other steps to help other steps to help students who are struggling academically. Okay, well maybe those students could play sports, which would help them uh, have something extracurricular to do, and it would also give them an incentive to get those grades up because you have to have good grades to play the sports, right? Right. But just look for a big war on that because the one story is talking about how the uh, Wisconsin school district built a new football field. (laughs) In Iowa, a high school weight room is getting a renovation. And in Kentucky, they are replacing two outdoor tracks. Wait a second. So there's a place in Wisconsin, a place in Iowa, and a place in Kentucky. That doesn't seem like all over the country, but... The $123 billion intended to help schools reopen and recover from the pandemic. Now they're a little wound up because the schools were like, hey, we got this little extra cash and we're going to use it because this is going to help us out. Oh, this violates the intent of the legislation. Really? Well, I mean, isn't that a loophole that you created? And I saw something uh, scrolling the socials earlier today that uh, I got to thinking, wow, that is a great answer. And it was from Ann Landers. I don't even know if you remember who Ann Landers was, but she was a, you know, a daily uh, advice columnist. And her story is fascinating, too. I mean, her twin sister created uh, an advice column called Dear Abby, and they didn't like each other. They were mad at each other for years because of that. So anyway, people would read Ann Landers, and you would either like it or disagree with it. And it was, you know, I just remember uh, my grandfather, 
uh, reading Ann Landers along with my grandmother, and it was in newspapers. You remember those things that used to exist that were delivered to your home every day. But this particular question, letter to Ann Landers, was Dear Ann. I am an English teacher, and my students are reading George Orwell's 1984. I am having a difficult time explaining communism, socialism, and fascism without giving a time-consuming history lesson. I recall you printed a humorous explanation of these concepts using cows. Will you please print it again? I'm sure it will kickstart a lively class discussion. A teacher in Mississippi. Yeah, teacher, I... Realize you don't want to give a time-consuming history lesson in a school classroom. (laughs) That would just be dumb. But anyway, that's not what Anne said. Anne responded, it's an oldie but a goldie. Here it is. Socialism. You have two cows. Give one cow to your neighbor. Communism. You have two cows. Give both cows to the government and they may give you some milk. Fascism. You have two cows, you give all the milk to the government, and the government sells it. Nazism, you have two cows, the government shoots you and takes both cows. Anarchism, you have two cows, keep both cows, shoot the government agent, and steal another cow. Capitalism, you have two cows, sell one, buy a bull. I'm sure... That kick-started a lively class discussion. Stream and subscribe to more Blaze Media content at theblaze.com slash podcasts.